we down? We are recording. Yeah, welcome <laughs> to the Living Up Podcast. Oh yeah, welcome to the Living Up Podcast. I'm Dan Hodgman. And I'm Jack Pelzer. And we apologize for that technical error at the beginning. Fun stuff all around. Absolutely. Uh, speaking of technical errors, Dan, what the hell is going on uh, with the equities today? I mean, I think, Jack, you've got a lot of people just trying to process everything that's been going on. Obviously, you know, the last couple of weeks, we've had some banks failing. That Heard. That makes people a little scared putting a little run on the banks. I actually was listening to uh, the director of the SEC and the director of the CFTC talk last week at a conference. And uh, that was one of the main topics, you know, and making sure that people still feel safe with their bank, which, you know, that's an important thing, especially as they continue to talk this rate talk. It's getting a little more and more expensive to borrow money um, as we just raise basis points by 25 or uh, interest rates by 25 basis points. So there's a lot going on. We've seen some really extreme volatility. And I'll tell you, I'm really excited to see some traders taking advantage of it. Um, I know we don't normally do this on the podcast, but I got to give a shout out to Edbierto. Uh, made $13,000 today trading the NASDAQ on just a few contracts. So really, really awesome seeing some traders take advantage of moves like this. Wow. Yeah, there was a huge range today. And looking at the ES, we had things sell off and whipsaw back and forth after Powell yesterday ended with a down day, came screaming back today. And then Yellen said something that I, I can't. That's how flighty this market is, Dan. What she said, I felt was a good thing. She was kind of like the treasury will be there. Like, if something happens and people are like if something happens and then sold it down i'm just gonna say but then i think we got- it's the if something happens that panics people you know i think when yeah. like they start talking about hey no matter what i've got you it's like wait a second what's going on why are you saying this to me are you, you're an igniting new fear that okay i got through last week because i think the thing we have noticed jack in in 2020 the market's reaction mm-hmm. kind of started to change a little bit and certainly did. Uh, I would say has a little um, I don't know what the right word is uh, amnesia in the sense of like very short memory span kind of forgets things a week later and gets back on you know back on that horse and keeps moving forward so this week we started to forget about last week the new topic came up let's talk Fed let's talk FOMC let's talk interest rates and then Janet coming back in and saying the Treasury's got your back it's like well shoot I forgot right. about last week yeah yeah, like a sting coming down from the rafters with a baseball bat right there. Yeah. Interesting enough, we talk about people being really uncertain one way or another right now. I thought it was interesting. We started the day today in the ES, very close, at least the opening of the session last night, very close to the close for March. And then it went back up, went below it, and kind of sucked close for right February. back to it. It's Oh, close for February. We're still Sorry, in March. I'm not from the future. March hasn't closed yet. Yeah, I just saw that. Well, if I knew where that was... <laughs> I could do some damage. <laughs> right. So, yeah, wild day on those fronts. Dan, you got anything else there or want to uh, go over the oil real quick? I wanted to talk about oil. Um, I think a lot of people out there know I'm a pretty aggressive oil trader. I do a lot of activity in the oil um, over the last four or five years. It has really been one of my long-term plays that I've really watched. And as a guy who 
drives a vehicle that gets about uh, 12, sometimes 14 miles to the gallon. I'm emotionally invested into the price of oil and the action in oil. I have talked about this in the past, that $83 mark, that 83 handle was really a big move for me. And I was looking for breaks down to 71s, 72s. We saw 73 really come into play over the last month um, in oil and creating that ledge, that little bit of support. Remember, support is strictly hindsight, support and resistance. They're hindsight levels. Uh, We we can't indicate that going forward. Historically, 73 was support. That level finally broke last week. We've seen this market now trade below. Uh, We saw a strong rally yesterday. And here's really what I want to talk about because I'm going to relay it to what we talked about on Tuesday in Coach's Playbook, Jack. One of the themes that myself... I think you did. I believe Mick did, and I know Hogue did. We all talked about this term divergence. If you're an oil, if you have an oil chart up, I recommend looking at that oil chart on a daily basis and looking at how volume has taken place. There is a volume divergence, and I talked about the basic principles of volume. Remember, we got the two facts in trading: volume and price. Yeah. One one more thing about volume, Holden. The producer is telling me. Can you turn up a little bit, Dan? Yeah, Dan can turn up. I did not see that. There we go. A little bit louder. Just a little up. All right, here we are. <laughs> a little bit louder now. Um, so when we look at volume, uh, when volume is continuing to come in and you can see continuous strong volume days, you should expect t- price direction to continue. So we saw it the other day. We saw oil have a nice up move. Um, I believe it was Monday or Tuesday. Really strong move to the upside. It was Monday. Uh, really strong upside move. Really, really great volume came in on that move. The market continued to rally higher and volume started to slump and when that means what that means is the that nash that feeling or the gut reaction of what's going on in this market is starting to weaken just because price is continuing to make new highs there's an opportunity potentially for that market to start to roll over what do we see here today jack we are down one percent on the oil after being up pretty strong up a point uh one and a half percent give or take so we've seen a nice rotation and this market starting to move lower And so those are the things I was talking about. As you see that volume start to slump on a directional move, if you're in the longs, that's an opportunity to say, hey, am I near an area where I want to be out of this trade? I'm not saying it's a guarantee. These are just fundamentals. They're not always going to come into fruition. Um, But those are opportunities to start thinking about your positioning. For me, as an oil trader, I really like seeing that divergence. There's a great opportunity to me to find that area for short and see if we can get that move to the downside. Again, those are just my opinions. When I look at this stuff, everyone has to look at it in their own light. Um, But I just am referring back to what we talked about on Tuesday, those divergences. We saw a nice volume divergence in the crude oil. Yeah. Besides your price, volume is the most important thing out there. So make sure you understand all those relationships because they are very important if you wish to trade well, which I think many of you do. Divergence was also, I believe, a YA series of books about a post-apocalyptic <laughs> Chicago or something. I didn't see any of those. I think then. it was a, a movie series. It was, too. It was based on a book. I only know this because a, uh, I think the author was the uh, grade below me at the college I went to. And, you know, look where I am now. I mean, <laughs> you know? <laughs> Very successful. Anyway, as we uh, move into our topic here today, we wanted to talk about managing stress while trading. And I was going to take this opportunity today to talk about a few more out there ones, because I feel we talk about this a lot, but for good reason. Stress is just endemic to the job or passion of trading leveraged products. It's just what's going to happen. So I'll go to Dan first. 
any initial thoughts on how to manage your stress in a stressful job? Well, first and foremost, stress is inevitable in this industry. You're going to have it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think first you have to figure out what works for you, how to help kind of where your stress is coming into play. Is it, you know, you're losing sleep? Is it you're getting anxious during the trades? Where is that stress coming into play and how are you going to mitigate that? I know guys that were big yoga guys that were floor traders, screen traders that every day they were going to yoga because it was that meditation for them, that mindful opportunity to just get their head out of it. If it's in, in between those trades where you're struggling, oops, I knocked my uh, computer there, camera got shaky. If it's in the trade when you're getting stressful, find a design distraction that kind of helps get your head out of the gutter. For me, Candy Crush. I've said it for years and I'll say it again. Playing Candy Crush has helped de-stress myself when I am in positions because I find my stress is highest when I'm sitting there watching the market go up and down, up and down, and I got a position on. And even though I have a solid plan, I get anxious. I get stressful in it, and I can feel it in my neck. I'm always like got my head on the back of my chair trying to stretch out my neck. Mm-hmm. So for me, getting that candy crush out when I got a trade on to help kind of just get my head away from it has been one of the best things for me. And then obviously, you know, those routines, Jack, we've talked about them a million times, you know, maintaining a routine because you're not thinking about what did I do different today? Because I think most traders, they're like athletes in the sense that they get um, superstitious about things. I had extreme yeah. superstitions in my sports my whole life uh, through college that if I deviated from that routine, I was going to have a bad game. Same thing with trading. Mm-hmm. I know that professionals also uh, jag from time to time. But what I think about a lot is if you're watching a uh, golf tournament, I've always wondered, not on the 18th hole with a tie of the lead, but on any hole, how someone can go up and hit a driver, which you know at the pro level will have 170, 180 miles an hour off the face, with people just lined up. <laughs> They're right in shank, like Shankville, right? I could go out there and do it. And the reason is just because they've done it a million times. They have their routine down. They don't even think about it. It's just that muscle memory. Now, trading will never quite be like that, but it's just an emphasis on the routine. I want to um, frame out this conversation a little more, but I tried to list today some of the reasons why trading is so stressful beyond just the, I think people see you can lose money, make money, it's unknown, but when it comes down to it, the things that made me the most stressed when I was trading was fear of failure. And then it's one of the few jobs where you can work yourself into debt, even if you work hard. And then lastly, that you can see, you mentioned this one, you can sit in a trade for hours and always on edge. It can be relentless. I want to go back to the second one because fear of failure, you know, Tendler can explain that more. That's what we all feel. It's very tangible in trading, right? The the wins and losses are very on the book. It's literally a P&L at the end of the day. But I think that second part about you can work hard and still lose. It's not something that happens in a lot of other jobs or a lot of other activities that you would do to try and make money. I remember times when I was trading that you'd bust your ass for a month, work as hard as you want. It was a bad month. Lost money. You would have been, I, I, I 
think I've said this before, I had a month where I, I could have just taken a vacation to Europe for a month and I would have been better off financially than if I had stayed and worked all the time. And that's a hard thing to deal Jack, with. Jack, it is. I think, well, I think first off, you can't look at this as a job. Um, if you do, yes, the definition of a job is, and that's a different. And I'm game. not a, a thesaurus or a dictionary over here, so I'm going to get uh, the Webster's you know definition of a job probably 100% wrong. But a job is something that you do that you have professionalized that you have you know a, an income from. Again, probably have Webster's definition completely wrong on that, but to me, that's what a job is. Something that you have professionalized that you receive an income from. Uh, This is a lifestyle um, and you're trading for an opportunity. You're not trading for guarantees. Um, That's why I think you have to look at your investment into this. Your time is an investment. Your experience is an investment. And if you can, again, it's really hard to delineate between trading, which you're spending some, I'm sure there's plenty of people out there that are spending 14, 18 hours a day living, breathing, sleeping, trading. Um, I know I have in the past and not mm-hmm. seeing the results and thinking I can go get, a, you know, just a an easy job and get money every single Friday or every other Friday or whatever, and I can get a guarantee and I think that's what you have to have when you're getting going and trading until you have created that long-term consistency. And that's where it really is tough. It's This is not a job. This is a lifestyle. That's how I view it. We used to say that in the Marine Corps all the time. The Marine Corps, we lived and breathed it. It was not you go to work at eight, you know, 4 a.m. for us, come home at 5 p.m. Nope. When you finished work at 5, you, you kept going. Weekends, it carried through. Um, and it's a tough life. Um, and you have to be willing to accept that. I said this last week with Eddie, and I think I'll just say it every week to continue. The biggest reason, you know, it's not a job because you should never trade money that you can't afford to lose. There's very few people out there who individually are are trading as a profession, and that's something that can come to an end very quickly. Usually people are working for firms if they're trading professionally, right, just to have that sort of backstop on it. And when you make it a job, it just adds to that stress, right? To go into sort of some solutions that I found to that is the biggest one is kind of obvious. It's trade the right size. I think much of being stressed is being over leveraged. It's the difference between having a bet on March Madness for $5 or you got 10 grand on the halftime spread. You're going to feel that differently and there's some number that makes sense where it's enough of a reward to make it worth it, but not so much that you're making bad decisions inevitable on your part, and that stress is going to hound you. Yeah, There's a, a thousand movies out there about people who are in debt or other things like that. It's not a good place to be. No, you cannot put yourself at risk. That's why I, yeah, I think I, I kind of alluded to this earlier is having that safety net, that other stream of income coming in that you can rely on in case you know you have a bad week or you have a bad month. Um, I think with trading, you have to trade in a way that you're not worried where you're going to be in a month. You know, if you got your mortgage or your rent and your car payments and your bills are covered and you, you know you're putting food on the table with a separate job, this is where you start working at this. And once you can create that profitable consistency not just consistency in your approach which 
that's first step, right? Not just consistency in your trading, that's another step, but consistency in how much you're pulling out of the market. Um, and it's not gonna be when I say consistent, it's not consistent in, hey, every, every week I'm pulling out $2,000. No, I mean consistent in that you're consistently getting yourself paid. Um, mm -hmm. And it doesn't have to be on a weekly basis or a monthly basis. I used to get pay myself on a quarterly basis. Um, that's usually how I do it now with my trading. I, on a quarterly, I pull it out, talk to my accountant, how much should I pull? And, you know, if you can get consistent in that and, you know, if you do that for a year, two, maybe three years and you're starting to see that the, the money you're paying yourself is going to cover your annual, you know, expense, your annual overhead, then that's when you can start considering, okay, I can peel back how much work I'm doing in the original source of income and devote more time to this or devote devote more assets to this, you know, put more investment into this. Jackie, talk about size. That's the biggest thing. If you're adding more size, you're taking more risk. When you take more risk, your losses become larger and it does not uh, equate to your profits being larger either because how many times have I have you heard, Jack, in your trading career, I'm sure you have, you know, some people, they're the $100,000 a year trader. And if they try and push to 150, they end up making 75. It's not, you know, it doesn't equate if you're consistent with one lots that you're going to be as equally consistent with two lots because there's so many factors involved. This trading is 90% emotional. The big size traders were identified pretty quick. People tried to push size a lot, but there were definitely a few guys and gals at uh, the firm I was at that were known to trade big size. And a lot of people admired that and wanted to be able to do that, do that but you just can't. It's a genese qua, so to speak. One way to look at it too is like, go put on a one lot in a micro and then go put on a, let's call it a five lot in a, in a standard E-mini and tell me if you feel an emotional difference, if that's real money. Um, you're going to feel an emotional difference. If you don't feel that emotional difference, and maybe you, you can withstand the ebb and flow of trading a little bit of size. But I can tell you this much, the difference between 25 cent moves and, you know, $100 moves on a tick, I feel that. That's a big difference. And take our word for it. You don't actually have to try that. In fact, we recommend you <laughs> yeah. don't. You should be comfortable with the size you're trading. And then once you get it on, I was thinking about, as you mentioned, there is this, you talked about designed distractions. And where I think that can be helpful is I think too many people who are trading in the medium term, as far as a day trader, not on a long thing, they just, they worry too much about the trade while it's happening. And if you have a strategy laid out of where you're getting in and where you're getting out, really the only issue with the outcome should be either it works or it doesn't. And it reminds me, my uh, grandfather worked for a railroad break company and used to kind of travel all over the place in the uh, 70s, went to Russia and all sorts of places. It was like a salesman, right? And someone was asking him why he, if he was afraid of flying, someone's afraid of flying. And he just said something along the lines of, if I'm afraid, does that make a damn bit of difference? You know, <laughs> if, if this plane goes down, did it matter that I was nervous about it? No. And not that everything has to be that serious, but I think there are some similarities to being in a trade there. You are never going to mentally will the market to move one direction or the other. You, that's just 
stress made up out of nowhere. Either it's going to work or it's going to not, or maybe you'll have to adjust based on new market conditions, but don't adjust just because you've worked yourself in a tizzy, which is a thing I've said in the past, <laughs> over things you can't control. The market's going to go up and down. You knew that when you got into trading. That's the whole point of it. So don't get your blood pressure spiking to 180 over 180 or whatever. I don't know blood pressure very well, but it's not <laughs> 180 worth 180 over 180 is not good. No, it's not <laughs> no. good. Oh, I should see a doctor. <laughs> Jack, you mentioned fear. And again, I'm not Tendler. Uh, there are much smarter people than me out there, but fear is not a bad thing when trading. I think there's that accountability factor, right? Or that it's a recognition of emotion. And I think that's an important thing this day and age. I think it's talked about in all aspects of life, um, not just trading. Historically, you know, people were told, don't show your fear. It's okay to recognize, hey, I'm scared in this position. I am scared mm -hmm. with what's going on. That creates an alertness. Anyone that works in a, you know, difficult life um, or difficult career field, you know, I can talk about the military side. We have fear in a lot of things we do, but it doesn't stop us from moving forward. So it, that holds us you know, accountable. We recognize our emotions. And if that fear is gone, you're going to have, you're not going to be worried about loss and you're going to be willing to put yourself in a difficult spot. Um, so if you, that fear kind of keeps you in check a little bit, and that's a totally okay thing. There's a lot of jobs ultimately with higher stake, you know military surgeons come to mind <laughs> it'll be all right as but don't put yourself in a position to get tagged too hard the last bullet point that i wanted to get to here it's kind of based on what you said is that while you should stay focused focus is a precious commodity and i think the, this goes back into people sitting in positions and just dwelling on it is it's not healthy to be at a heightened state just indefinitely you need to be, your body is not going to like you doing that. You can't just be, you cannot give 100% of your focus, and this goes into your design distractions, all the time, or you will lose your friggin' mind. It's impossible. I, I, I worked with some pretty successful traders, and I can say for a fact that they were not, with few exceptions, they were not absolutely grilled to their screen like Dustin Hoffman in The Rain Man or something which I think he's playing cards, not trading on a screen, but you get the idea, is you need to be confident in what you're doing and give yourself some release of that. There's You'll release hormones and stuff that are going to tear you apart. So remain focused, but don't remember that your focus is limited to some extent. Use it wisely. Yeah, trust your system. Trust your process. Trust everything that you have worked on up to that point. Trust it it's it's there yeah. for a reason you're not putting on you know a naked position and hoping just i'm gonna walk away now for three hours and hope uh i made a ton of money and then i'll close the trade out no you're gonna put stops in place get up you know michael says this a lot i think we even have you know we talked about this in education like take 15 put the trade on step away because you have you know your stop and your target in there those are validated reasons hopefully you're not just putting on a random stop and a random target uh, but you're get out into that trade. You've thought through where your stop's going to be. You've thought through where your target is going to be. Go step away. Go sit in the other room. I get on the Peloton. Uh, take the dog for a walk. Make a sandwich. You know, get get away. Don't put yourself into that little hole over here where I sit at my home office. You know, it, it can become claustrophobic if you're sitting there staring and 
glued to that screen, everything starts to kind of close in. You get out, go for a walk, get outside, get some fresh air. Vitamin D is uh, one of the best things for you. Yeah, kind of sunny here today. And it doesn't take the surge in general to uh, tell you that sitting alone in a dark room for 12 hours is good for you. That's not good for you. And you know it, too. So just listen to yourself what you need and try not to stay stressed. And the biggest actionable thing is, once again, don't trade too much size. That's how most of this goes down. So, uh, Dan, I think that that's where we got to leave it today because you have a previous engagement but have been so nice to stop by, which is wonderful. I'm just glad to be back. So, yeah, well, I'm going to give you a few minutes so that you're not stressed going in there. So thanks, everyone, for checking out uh, Limit Up. We'll be back next week with uh, some more tidbits that might be good. Hope you have a great weekend. Namaste and trade well. The Limit Up Podcast is a presentation of Top Step. Check us out at topstep.com to learn more about our futures trading combine and how you can become a funded trader. We'll see you next week. Goodbye.